one of the joys this year of uh, helping out with the cross-country team is that I got to experience middle schoolers in their native and wild environment, right? I, I get to see them at church, but then they're with their parents and like their Sunday school teachers and kind of like, it's, it's a different thing. But to see them again in their native environment as they truly all pheromone and hormone charged interact with one another was a, an eye-opening experience. And one of the things I loved about it is that kids at that age, they're starting to have their own personalities, but they don't yet have the years of sort of social polish to round off the edges, right? So the, so the kids that are like really emotional, like once a week they're crying, just breaking down. And you got other kids and you're just wondering like at what age are you going to discover that you have, a, like you got something inside there? And then the extroverts, and then there's these other kids that it's like, it is four knocks to get anything out of them, right? I mean, you chisel, you finesse it as an adult, and you got the five-paragraph essay of yes, right? I mean, you worked at it just to get that, that one syllable out of there. So you got these kids, and like, again, they're going to grow and soften as they, over time. But you just sort of see these sort of raw personality differences that we as, as humans have that kind of, again, make us uh, beautiful as a whole. And today, we uh, sort of have a little bit of a case study in how uh, different personalities respond to almost the same call from God. Again, how, how God has to interact with, with us as humans across our whole variety of personalities and temperaments and, of course, cultures. And uh, what I'm talking about is that this week you got to hear from Joseph and the last two weeks, we've been reflecting on what Mary was like. And I, I want to play with you a little bit and just show how different both Mary and Joseph react to more or less the same set of news. Okay? So let's review. Okay? So Mary, an angel comes to her. An angel says, you know, you're going to have this son. You're going to be the savior of the world's mother. And Mary's response to this stranger is to reveal personal details about her life. Like, I've never known a man. And the angel says, okay, we've got to do better. And the angel then hands over a promise to her. A beautiful promise based in the Old Testament that nothing is impossible for God. Mary's response then is, behold, I'm here, a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. What then does Mary do? Mary goes off. She goes and finds another friend. They have a happy greeting. And then Mary starts to sing. Do I need more evidence than Mary was a teenage girl, right? Boom, right there, right? This totally expressive, effusive, creative young woman. Well, the angel comes to Joseph. But actually, before, before we get to that, Joseph finds out that his wife, uh, his wife is claiming to him that she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph does what every other person would have done in the same circumstances. And Joseph says, kind of liar, liar, pants on fire. That can't happen. But this puts Joseph in a bind. Because Joseph, great, Joseph and Mary, their families, they live in a small town together. And, and this marriage had, had probably been arranged, certainly signed off by all the parties involved. And Joseph doesn't want to bring shame not only to Mary, but to Mary's parents, to his parents, right, who had been involved in this whole transaction, himself as well. And, and notice, though, Joseph hasn't said a word to anybody. Right? Joseph has not talked to a single other human about what he's feeling on the inside. And we know it's actually feelings because the, the word that Luke uses there when it says that he resolved, actually is, it's not an intellectual verb. It's an emotional verb. 
Joseph was wrestling with all of this, never sharing it with anybody else. Do you have anybody in your family who feels deeply but will not share it with somebody else? Do any of you have that person in your family? Or any of you that person? You won't admit it, but yeah, you are maybe that person, right? So, so again, we all, so we have this person in our family. They've got all of this emotion. And they feel the whole weight of the world on themselves. And, and Joseph's a planner, right? He's a carpenter. And he sort of, his life has fallen apart, and now he's decided how he's going to rebuild it. He's putting it back together. And then the angel of the Lord comes. And the angel says, actually, Joseph, Mary was telling the truth. Mary is with child from the Holy Spirit. And you can just see Joseph's probably the kind of person that already is rebuilding his whole life. He's like, okay, we'll do, okay, okay, okay. But now the angel is going to sort of, what the angel is going to say next, for us, we've heard it before, it goes in one ear and out the other, but for angel, for, for Joseph would have just stopped him in his tracks. Like total life-changing sentence that the angel says to him. The angel says to him, you will name the child Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Now for us, when we think Jesus, right, maybe we think of like, a Southern Baptist preacher in Alabama, right, Jesus? But Joseph would have heard the word Jesus. Joseph would have heard it as Yeshua. And, and that word means that Yahweh saves. That's an ancient name. Yahweh saves. And so if Joseph is saying, that this angel saying, your child is going to be named God saves... Okay, something else is going on here. Like, Joseph is now beginning to dawn on him that something is a bigger deal. But on top of all of that, what would have been the most important thing for Joseph in all of this was that the angel said to Joseph, you will call him Jesus. Because in Jewish tradition at that point, it was the father who named the son. So by saying to Joseph, you will name him Jesus, the angel is saying, this child is of the Holy Spirit, Mary's the mother, you're not the father, but yes, indeed, you will be the father to this child. And so Joseph in that moment has literally had his world fall apart and be built three times in about 30 seconds. And what is Joseph's response? He says nothing. He just does exactly what the angel tells him to do. Again, he is not an emotionally expressive person, but he is obedient. He heard the call of God, this incredible, overwhelming, life-changing call, and his response is to be quiet and do his job and whistle while he works. That's the only song we get out of Joseph. So here we have two totally different people, fundamentally the, the same kind of, kind of experience. God comes, God says, this is what you're going to do. Mary out loud says, how can that be? Joseph just like blinks at the angel. Mary gets an Old Testament promise, but so does Joseph. And Joseph then hears this word from Isaiah, for this child shall be Emmanuel, which again Joseph would have known is God with us. So two very different people. It turns out that we are wired differently as people, and God comes into our lives, and because we're all different, God often asks us to do different things. So Mary is asked to bear a child in her womb, but Joseph is asked to do something else. Joseph is asked to essentially become a stepfather, 
to adopt this child, to embrace a child that wasn't his own biological issue. I've seen over the years how many people in this church have done that. And I've known so many people, again, who, because of, of life situations, often not the way we originally planned it. Again, often not the way we originally planned it. We, we could have, we could actually have a small group just of grandparents that are raising their grandchildren in this church. Right? Again, and that wasn't part of the original life plan. But there's a way in which when God calls, like Joseph, we, we obey. Like Mary, we, we heed the call. My own family has, well, my own grandfather, I didn't know that at the time, but he was my step-grandfather. I'd later figure that out and learn that. And as I've gotten older, um, I've respected more what it would have been like for him back in the 60s to come into a family that the father had died and, and take really over financial and emotional responsibility for these four children. What an awesome task that was. So Joseph is this, I think, this reminder for all of you who have found yourself in situations where you've had to care for people that weren't necessarily your own children. And that you can find a kindred spirit in Joseph, one who doesn't get a lot of glory for it, doesn't say a lot, but faithfully does his duty for God. And perhaps more broadly, all of us who have had that call in our life that it wasn't part of the original plan, and we tried to figure out a new life plan, and God came along and said, no there's something else you've got to do. So again, may Joseph be, again, a kindred spirit, a, a fellow journeyer on, on that kind of road. But actually what I want to focus on today is um, not just the uh, task and call of Joseph, but the way in, in which Joseph and Mary are both called into this together. Okay? Joseph and Mary are both called into this task of, of raising Jesus together. And in some ways, again, they have different gifts and different skills, but it's the, the same task here to, to provide for and raise the one who will be the Messiah. It's interesting that God reveals that God's name here in Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, and that is not simply God with you, but that is God with, with us. And here already, the work of Jesus is bringing these two different people together after a significant misunderstanding and conflict. And Jesus is bringing them back together. And that's this work of Jesus in his life and ultimately now to, to bring us together that we might be the people among whom God dwells. And that's really the beauty of God, that God can take our different gifts, our different callings, and somehow bring them together like Mary and Joseph. Now, again, I kind of get excited about this, this life together, and we could maybe get out some kumbaya here and sort of feel good about this. But we know that, um, yeah, it's, it doesn't always work for, for us as humans to sort of be together. Now, this last year was a, another year in which there were all sorts of divisions about all sorts of things, whether they were masks or restrictions or, or now library books. I mean, again, you, everywhere you turn, there's another way in which we sort of have these, these squabbles. And we know every day we open up the paper and there's just more, more sort of terrorizing news as, as there's ongoing war in Russia and Ukraine that continues to sort of creep over and threaten for, for broader nuclear conflict. 
And then we're also all about to head into the holidays where we're all of us under the stress of the holidays would acknowledge that all of our sort of individual and collective neuroses, why we're all crazy, just comes out of the woodwork in this time. And we're reminded of just again how tough it is to, to live life together. And this is why Jesus is given more than one name. He's not just Emmanuel, but he's also Jesus, for he will save us from our sins. We don't just need a really good teacher, right? It wasn't like you will call him Jesus because he's going to be somebody who has wisdom or insight. You're going to name him Jesus because he's a, a prophet or he knows right from wrong. He'll be a good speaker. No, the angel says that you will name him Jesus for he will save the people from their sins. We need more than just a teacher. We need one who will finally make us new, make it so that we can get along with one another, we can live in, in peace with one another. So there's a, a song, right, Mary, did you know? And we could riff on that today and say, Joseph, did you know? Did you know when you heard the angels say that, that Jesus would be the one who saves the people, that he was God with us, did you, could have you known that this would mean that Jesus would actually have to deal with our sins, to die for us on a cross, to come back from the grave, could have you known my sense is that for Mary and Jesus, even if they could have thought it through, they wouldn't have because no parent could do that to themselves. No parent could let them go there with their child and what would happen like it happened to Jesus. Hmm. But of course, then the good news we have is that indeed, Jesus Christ is God with us for he is the one who has chosen to be God, saves us on our behalf. As we go through life, we are going to encounter situations like Joseph. Situations that maybe it is involving a child in our family who now we have to bear responsibility for. But maybe it'll just be something else where we have this awesome sense that, that we had a life plan that, that isn't going to work and, and we're trying to put it back together and it's just not working until God finally comes and says, this is the way forward. And we hear that way forward and we say, that's too hard, that's, that's too much. But when we get to that point, we can hear this good news of the angel ringing in our ear that Jesus is God with us, that God hasn't brought us alone, but that God has given us others, others who have different gifts and different, different skills and different passions, just like God would send Joseph Mary to accompany him and so many others along the way. And then ultimately we know that in, in Jesus Christ, what, whatever we're called to go through, what, whatever steps we're, we're called as we follow, that we're, we're never alone, but that Christ, the one who has died, the one who has been raised up, has already gone there with us and goes ahead of us. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>